Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you for downloading and listening to this show. It is great to be back on board once again. And it's also just oh so wonderful. So wonderful to be right. That's right. The Minnesota Wild defeat the St. Louis Blues in six games. There it is. I predicted the Wild to beat the Blues in six games. I picked the Wild to win game one, lose lose game two, win game three, lose game four, win game five, and win game six. Well, gosh darn it, that's perfect. That's a perfect record. That's called 6-0, ladies and gentlemen. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of lucky, but hey, you know what? Maybe I do have a slight vibe of how things were going to go, and things went similarly to where I thought they were going to go. We already talked about Games 1 and Game 2. I figured, see, I, I could have recorded last night, but I figured, you know what, let's just wait for Game 6. And if I must, if I must, we will preview Game 7 for Wednesday and review the, the three games, you know, like if the Wild were to lose today in Game number 6. But fortunately, like we all know at this point, the Minnesota Wild did win the game. So let's talk about the games that led up to this way, led, led this way in the first place. I'll try not to drag them out too far, even though some of them were, <laughs> well, some were more positive than others. Okay, uh, well, ultimately, Game 3, Monday, April the 20th, it was about what I expected. A determined, serious, aggressive bunch of Minnesota Wild players were ready to rock and roll. Again, Monday, April the 20th, Devin Dubnik, who was decent in the first two games, the second game, not so much, came back with a vengeance for game number three, which again was foreshadowing uh, where things were possibly heading in the not-too-distant future. Hey, just a wonderful overall positive game for the Wild. Jason Pominville getting his second goal. Zach Parisi getting his first of what would be uh, more as we move forward here. <laughs> Nito Niederreiter adding the empty netter. Just a fun, positive overall game for the Minnesota Wild. Every single attempt, the St. Louis Blues and Steve Ott tried to frustrate the Wild Tried to push things, tried to do this, tried to do that. The Wild continued to just kind of seem unfazed. They outplayed the they outplayed the St. Louis Blues. They outcoached them. Mike Yo just looks fantastic, and he does pretty much this entire series. Just an overall positive game. Nothing really to complain about. The defense was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Devin Dubnik only had to face 17 shots. And this is kind of games like this right here for the Wild are what got... Devin Dubnik's confidence up. This is how things started off when the Wilds started winning games back in January, February, and such. In the early days of Devin Dubnik with the Minnesota Wild, they would shut things down. They would stop everything in sight. Partially because they were probably used to having a, a bad goalie or a inconsistent goalie by the name of Darcy Kemper or a washed-up goalie in Nicholas Backstrom, sorry to say. Um, but ultimately, a more confident team ever since. Devin Dubnik's not perfect, but he stopped everything that came his way in this one. He was perfect in this night because St. Louis Blues were rendered very few shots. Ultimately, 
in this game. Um, just, just unbelievable. Only four shots in the first period, six in the second, and seven in the third. Only seven shots on goal in the third. The Wild only mustered four shots on goal in the third period. One of them, of course, an empty netter because Jake Allen, who was very good, again, very, very good, and he continued to stay good for quite a while, but yeah, we'll talk about that later. Jake Allen, fantastic this, in, well, fantastic the first four games of this series. And he was really, really good on this particular night, but the Wild were better. Devin Dubnik was better, and that's what mattered. That's ultimately what mattered in this one. Overall, just a very, very positive game, and it's a while ago now, so I'm going to keep it fairly short just to keep things moving because we've got four games to talk about, and we got a another series to preview. We're going to round up some of the, uh, yeah, we're going to kind of briefly round up the other series in the NHL just for fun, just for fun to kind of keep things going. And of course, one other series that's very important because it's, well, it's our next opponent, all that good stuff. We'll preview that. We'll even talk to some of you out there that were kind enough to interact with me on Twitter. So again, want to say thanks in advance. I'll wrap up the show with that. Ultimately, just a positive, again, positive overall night. Everybody feeling confident. And then, and then Mr. Ken Hitchcock tries to play reverse psychology, old Herb Brooks style or whatever it was. Ultimately, when the uh, one of the reporters during his press conference post the, uh, the, the Monday game, putting the Wild up two games to one, said, uh, what's it going to take for you to beat the Wild? And he said, oh, well, Messier, Gretzky, you know, stuff like that. He basically said it's good. He basically said, it's virtually impossible. We're not going to beat this team. He was basically saying that that's about what it's going to take for them to, to do that. Some people took it as reverse psychology against the Wild to get them overconfident. I'm not sure it even meant that. I think he was mostly frustrated with his team because they didn't score. Like It's mostly like a message at them saying, what is it going to take? Messier, Gretzky or something to get a goal? I mean, what what's going on? You know, does it, uh, Yari Curry involved in this as well? The top, probably the top line in the history of hockey for the most part. Yeah, that might be what it was going to take. Nah, it didn't. It wasn't too bad, was it? Regardless, what Mister Ken Hitchcock meant, the hunchback of St. Louis or Dallas or the Dallas Stars or whatever it is. Regardless of what he meant. <laughs> yeah, Wednesday, April the twenty-second was not a kind day for the Minnesota Wild. And I did predict, because I listened back to the episode, usually for quality control, but also to see, really, how did I predict things? Because, you know, I did remember, I do remember predicting them to lose that game, but it it was eerie, just how, it, it was kind of close, but it gets, it, it's, uh, I think my game five prediction is even better, though, but it's, it's eerie how this game is going to disappoint a lot of Minnesota fans out there, for whatever reason. They weren't going to come out and win Game 4. It was going to be the most frustrating game of the entire series. And you know what? It was the most frustrating game of the entire series. And a lot of people headed for the exits. And then a lot of other people who were like, Oh, if you headed for the exits, you're an asshole, and this and that. But the team was playing like absolute dog crap. They didn't show up for the game. Some people, maybe they have to get home. They want to avoid the traffic. Maybe it's depressing watching your team with the goalie that was unstoppable for months. To see him get shelled like that, you know what? It's freaking scary. The final score was 6-1, to one, by the way, which you probably remember. <laughs> Some of you, most of you, all of you. First, The first three goals of the game were within nine minutes. What sucks the most about this, though, <laughs> is not like Devin Dubin got pulled after the fourth goal, which I probably would have done. Not... Because I don't have confidence in him. Not because it's like, oh my God, this and that. But because what's the point of leaving him here? Yeah, because I think, oh, you know, Kemper might be better and he's going to save the day for us and we're still going to catch up and win this thing. But because what's the point of leaving a guy out there when it's clearly not his night to get his ass kicked, his butt kicked, take any possible statistic he may have had and just, just destroy it, which is what basically happened in this game. And my greatest fear of this one ultimately was Roberto Luongo's syndrome. When the Vancouver Canucks were playing wonderful way back in, well, not way back, but a few years back, they got all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Roberto Luongo was was more than good enough. And they had all those scores, the Sedin brothers. And I, again, (laughs) got an email a while back. I forget the lady's name now, but she emailed me, and I really apologize for not uh, bringing it up. But, yeah, Sedin 
Yeah, she was like, why did I say Sidney's sisters? Are you making fun of women or something? It's like, no, I'm not. It's just a, a saying, but I apologize for that. Back to the point. Uh, the Sidney brothers and all that talent were doing their thing. Luongo was doing well. And then next thing you know, the Boston Bruins, again, 2011 Stanley Cup Finals, started scoring like crazy, like five, six goals. And then that was it. Liberto Luongo was fried. Okay, he threw in a shutout in Game 6, which shocked the living hell out of me. But then Game 7 on home ice, they lose, what, 5-1 to one to the Boston Bruins? And, yeah, we've seen goalies that look fantastic. All of a sudden, they get shelled, and then they never come back. But luckily, <laughs> things would head in a more positive direction. I'll continue with this one a little bit longer first, just to, just to get it out of the way, I suppose. Um, Ryan Reeves, never heard of him. Uh, I, I mean, I, whatever. <laughs> I've never heard of him. And he scored a goal. He scored the first goal of the game. <sighs> first goal of the game. And you know, this shows that the third goal of the game, which was scored by David Backus, was at the was at 10.06. So, I'm kind of surprised. I, I thought it was within the first nine minutes. This doesn't show that, but my knowledge was it was in the first nine minutes. But, okay, whatever it was, within the first ten minutes. <laughs> Oh, Vladimir Tarasenko getting his fourth goal in between there, literally just minutes after Ryan Reeves. And didn't you just know, didn't it just leave a sour taste in your mouth when it was, when the Wild looked like they were putting on a little pressure on early on, but the next thing you know, it's like non-stop, non-stop St. Louis the whole way. And by the way, the Yahoo people out there picked, 66% of people on Yahoo picked the Wild to win that game. Uh, well, I didn't. Um, but it seemed like St. Louis was determined on the attack. They were playing hockey. They were playing hockey. They weren't out there trying to box anybody. You know, they weren't. They, they remember this is hockey, not not boxing. They're not trying to win the heavyweight championship of the world, or they're not trying to be flat out goons and go with everybody in a fight. Let's just play hockey, and they did. Oh my God, did they ever? Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Oof. Did they ever? Tarasenko with two goals in the game. He uh, just destroyed us. Shattenkirk, three assists. A fantastic game for him as well. Bowmeister. Uh, just an endless array. Just an endless butt-kicking by the St. Louis Blues. But yeah, just five minutes in the game. Ryan Reeves, a guy you never even heard of. It leaves a sour taste in your mouth. You think, here we go. We're in big trouble. We are in very, very big trouble. Ultimately, I don't know what's going to happen here, but it doesn't look good. Maybe I'm probably going to be right and we're not going to win this one. But it'll be a close game, though. It'll be a close game. But then Tarasenko puts on a move like, well, actually, that was the second goal. But but yeah, ultimately, he scores just seven minutes in. Leaves you like, okay, now we're down 2 nothing. Great. Oh, but if anybody can come back, it's the Wild. When you know it's not your night, you know it's not your night. And I knew, it this, I knew we were in huge trouble. But then when David Backus added his first goal of the playoffs <laughs> to make it 3 nothing midway through the first period... Like, it really isn't our night. And some people might have pulled Devin Dubnik at that point, but I would think by the time the Stasny goal happened, which was not a good goal at all, you got sick. You got you felt awful. Real early in the second period, the Wild put a little pressure on, and they were on the power play, and it's like, here we go. It's a golden opportunity for the Wild. Rock and roll. And the Wild were 100% in the power play. It was the only penalty we got all night. <laughs> it was the only power play we had all night, and we converted on it. Ultimately, a goal from Jared Spurgeon. Okay, it's 3-1. to one. Here we go. Eh, you know, there's a small chance that we could come back in this thing. I mean, other teams came back. The Chicago Blackhawks came back on Nashville. Why can't we come back on this rookie goalie and this this team that always chokes in the first round and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a, a coach that's uh, just, he's just not that good anymore. Ken Hitchcock, Mike Yo's got him figured out. You know, they're, they're just a bunch of chokers and they, they quit on Ken Hitchcock, didn't they? They quit on them. And then it's Paul Stansney, just three minutes, two minutes later, scores. It's four to one. You know what? Game over. It's a dagger. I would have pulled Devin Dubnik just just to get him out of there, let him sit down, kind of reflect, and then get back out there and kick some butt in game five. Well, ultimately, I guess it didn't matter, but it sure did hurt his stats. <laughs> and, okay, great. I guess his stats don't matter, ultimately. Maybe he'd still win the Conn Smythe if the Wild win the Cup anyway, regardless if he gave up four or six goals in this game. <laughs> but it was an awful night for... It was an awful night for Devin Dubnik. And Vladimir Tarasenko put on one of the highlights of the entire playoffs, at least in the first round. I, I, I mean, it was, like, ridiculous. It was just kind of like a fat... It was just like 
a symbol of this night, particularly. St. Louis rocks, wild suck, at least for one night, <laughs> as he drove the net. He was simply like, he was kind of like wrapping around Devin Dubnik, almost like he was bro-hugging him or something. <laughs> and he, with, with one arm, his left arm and his right arm, he's cradling the puck, wraps it around Dubnik and scores. un freaking believable It was his fifth goal of the playoffs and his and his, his last goal of the playoffs. <clears throat> Uh-oh. Spoiler alert. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. And then Berglund added a, a goal late that was just like a complete joke. And this was all in the second period. I don't know if I said third period. This was all in the second period. Yeah, second, not third. <laughs> complete joke. Berglund added the softie of all softies. Unassisted second goal of the postseason for him. Yes, the softy of all softies. And then, six goals in. Six goals in late in the second period. Dubnik is finally pulled in favor of Darcy. <laughs> Darcy Headless Kemper. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, because he's he, he doesn't necessarily have a good head on his shoulders, but maybe he will be okay, because he did finish the season strong in the, in the game he got to play in, and he stopped all nine shots he faced. But again, we trailed 6-1. to one. And the rest of the game was pretty much like a going through the motions. Let's just get out of here without getting injured. And St. Louis Blues were thinking the same. And that was all she wrote with that. So let's jump on to the next game. And let's uh, start thinking positively, shall we? Shall we start thinking positively? Because as frustrated and scared to death as I was, all the mean things I was saying on Twitter. And, yeah, I'll get back to uh, some of the replies out there, which were very good. Uh, A lot of you guys out there, you know what? Congratulations for being confident in Devin Dubnik. Congratulations, because you were right. And you know what? I, I mean, my ultimately my prediction for how the series was going to go was, again, perfect. And it's not about bragging. It's kind of lucky. <laughs> it's kind of lucky, but then maybe I got the vibe. I just didn't think Game 4 was going to be awful. I thought it was going to be like one of those games where we fight it out, fight it out, kind of like Game 1. You fight it out, fight it out, grind it out. Oh, but you just can't get over the hump. And and there's an empty netter. St. Louis wins 4-2. Damn it! I just didn't think Devin Dubnik was going to get shelled. And that's why my confidence was almost, almost shattered for the Minnesota Wild continuing into Game 5. But then I started thinking, you know what? I need to stick to my prediction about Game 5. Because this team, ultimately, this is the title of this episode right here. Game the Game 5 is Game 5 and ultimately Game 6 today, Sunday, April the 26th, are, they symbolize the title of this show. They, it, it, it's literally put together right there, especially Game 5, because what do championships team, championship teams do in this situation? What do they do? They come back with a vengeance. They say, you know what, we're not going to put ourselves in a position trailing three games to two, or we need to win two games in a row just to survive and hopefully, hopefully get get lucky, or hopefully come out and get 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 it done in Game Seven. And you know this franchise is perfect in seventh games, and that is an awesome, awesome statistic. But do you want to waste that magic in the first round, regardless of how good the St. Louis Blues are? Regardless, this is the first freaking round. You got three more rounds to go, and regardless how good the St. Louis Blues are, there isn't going to be a single team remaining. In these playoffs, that doesn't scare me to death, quite frankly. At least to a point of, wow, they're going to be tough to beat. I know we can do it, but it's going to be damn hard. Because you got the Blackhawks, you probably, probably are going to get the Anaheim Ducks, but maybe I'll be right about those Calgary Flames. And then there's a pretty good chance you might wind up with the New York Rangers or Montreal Canadiens, should we go all the way into the Stanley Cup Finals. Name one of those teams that's going to be easy to beat. One. Can you name one of those teams that you're going to say, boy, the Wild are going to... The Wild got this thing, man. Wild in, in five, man. We, we got it. Man, it's going to be hard as hell. And the way the New York Rangers played the Wild this year scares the bleep out of me. The Anaheim Ducks, we have not beaten them yet this year. Chicago Blackhawks, I know we can beat them, but you know, we'll get to the second round. <laughs> I mean, we'll get to that in the second segment here as I continue to get ahead of myself. Long story longer, I need to get to the freaking point. These guys are serious. That's what championship teams do. You go into game five with a vengeance and with a, we are going to win this game. I don't care if it's at home. I don't care if it's on the road. But you know what, gosh darn it, we're one of the best road teams in the NHL. And gosh, we tied a record for the best road record in all the hockey. 
all time with the Detroit Red Wings years ago. And the Wild had that old magic back in 03. They brought back the old magic, the Game 5 magic. But this time the Wild weren't trailing three games to one. And in fact, they never lost three games in this series. No. And that's what's different about this team versus all the others. They didn't even have to go to a seventh game this time. In the past, when the Wild didn't go to the seventh game, that means they got beat badly. Five games, six games, series over. Or four. (laughs) Like Anaheim. Doggone it. That, That really sucked. But ultimately, the Minnesota Wild, speaking of 4-1, to one, go into St. Louis Friday, April the 24th. Well, they were very serious about this one. The Blues came out. I mean, the scary part is where the Blues going to come out and kick, continue to kick the Wild's butt. No, I mean, Devin Dubnik was ready for everything that came his way. Everything. The St. Louis Blues came out firing. They had the attitude of, we are not going to add it in the first round this year. We're going to bury Devin Dubnik. We got him now. We solved it. This guy's not as good as as he thinks he is. No, he's not. He's not, he's not as good as he thinks he is. He's better. <laughs> yeah, he stopped. <laughs> well, he didn't stop everything that came his way. And in fact, the guy that uh, scored again, it was not his last goal. I'm totally retarded. <laughs> I do apologize. I'm all getting ahead of myself. It was not his last goal of the series. Tarasenko putting on another highlight for his sixth goal of the playoffs. I got them all mixed up with the other guys, and I do apologize. I remember it very well now. And this had me scared to death because the Blues were attacking the Wild nonstop, a la Chicago Blackhawks. Stopping everything in the... They were coming at the Wild like crazy, but luckily Devin Dubnik didn't crack until he gave up the sixth goal of the playoffs to Tarasenko. This one would be... (laughs) Yeah, this one would be his last, and I do apologize again for that. And it would be the only goal the St. Louis Blues would score the entire game. And when you see the Wild trailing one nothing on the road in St. Louis, scared to death, and the Blues on the attack the way they were, it's like, you guys have got to be serious. you got to come out and win this one. And then only three minutes later, Marco Scandella scoring his second goal of the playoffs. Fantastic. Thrilled. And then the Wild start to put the pressure on. They start to stop the St. Louis Blues. And that second period, the Wild were the, were the attackers in that second period. And they took over this game in that second period. Just took it over. Because remember, it was a 1-1 game. A lot of back and forth. But then the Wild were the aggressors. They were on the attack. Couldn't seem to get anything past Jake Allen. The frustration for me was like, are we ever going to solve this guy? He's just stopping everything. 13 shots on goal also me in the second period. But what did I say on the last show? Somehow, some way, that fifth game, I just had a feeling the Wild were going to solve Jake Allen. And solve him, they did. This right here was when the Wild became literally serious, and at the same time, this is when the St. Louis Blues ultimately, this is when they cracked. This is when the straw started to break that camel's back for the for the uh, St. Louis Blues. You know, Niederreiter with his second goal, Koivu. It looked like Thomas Vanek, or no, not Thomas Vanek, uh, Chris Stewart scored. He was like motioning like as if he was shooting the puck, but that's because he was ready in case the puck came loose, yet it just flat went in. <laughs> Past Jake Allen. Power play goal for Miko Koivu, his first of the year, as he was putting the puck on net mostly. Jake Allen just couldn't stop it. It wasn't a very good goal, ultimately, but it was what it was. We'll take it. We'll take all of these. <laughs> None of these were anything spectacular, but the Wild got the job done, and that's what matters. It went from 2-1 to one to 3-1 to one in a matter of minutes late in that third period. It was a grinded out. Both teams are, are really in this thing. Anybody could win to a 3-1 game on the road. And the St. Louis Blues fans started to turn, to turn on their team. Things were going crazy. Next thing you know, the Blues get on a power play midway in the third period. We're all scared to death. Like, oh great, here come the Blues. They're putting the pressure on again. And my God, did they put the pressure on the Wild in, this, in the third period with 19 Shots on goal, but Devin Dubnik stopped every single one of them. <laughs> every single one of them. A guy that gave up six goals just, just 48 hours ago was stopping everything that came his way. An unbelievable night for Devin Dubnik. And right when that power play ended, next thing you know, Charlie Coyle receives a pass from Thomas Vanek, and he buries it past Jake Allen. It's just, it's ball game. It's all over. Blues fans are heading for the exits with about five and a half minutes left in the game. 4-1 to one game. Nothing they could do, the St. Louis Blues could do in this one. 
That was all she wrote. Once Charlie Coyle nailed his first Gale goal of this playoffs, <laughs> that was all she wrote. As you notice how things changed so quickly there after that power play. Charlie Coyle immediately scores on the other end. The Blues put everything they could on Devin Dumnik and they couldn't get it done. Yet there's Coyle, one of three shots on net in the third period, and it went in the net. Four to one, and that's all I'm going to have to say about this one, other than Devin Dubnik was absolutely unbelievable, and everybody that was scared, including myself, not doubting Devin Dubnik, I wasn't saying bench him, but I was worried. It just, it's, it's sad. Like he's, he's, he was the hero of this whole thing, and if suddenly he, he's not, not, not as good as, uh, as he was earlier, we're screwed. But he was as good as he was earlier. In fact, he was just downright outstanding. In fact, a play that. Uh, some, there was a play in that game also that some people think he maybe pulled his mask off on purpose. It looked like St. Louis was going to score for sure in that situation. Um, a lot of people believe it was uh, Steen's stick knocked uh, Dubnik's mask off, or at least that's what Devin Dubnik wanted the referees to believe, but luckily that stopped the play. Blues fans were pissed off, and yes, right down the ice after that, during that power play, <laughs> right after that power play ended, Charlie Coyle buried in the wild wind. So let's move on to the wonderful, awesome... Game 6, April the 26th. Some of us may be a little bit like, "Uh uh-oh, are the Blues going to come in absolutely crazy good like they did for Game 3? Well, they came in fairly good, but the Wild were matching it, ultimately. (laughs) Early on, but then then the Wild started to really put the clamps on. They started to get aggressive. They were serious. Or really were they? Yeah, they were serious enough. (laughs) They were serious enough. St. Louis, though, getting on the power play. Yeah, they got on the power play, and they were like, you know, it was like, uh-oh, here, here come the St. Louis Blues now. Now they're going to go up one nothing. watch. Or at least they have a chance at it. Get a couple shots on goal. Next thing you know, Parisi's just bringing the puck up ice, up the ice. But he's now he's kind of turning on the Jets here. <laughs> he's skating near, near, almost to the, <laughs> almost up to the, to the, to the goal line, way on the side, though, like way on the sidelines. Flings the puck on net. Oh, gosh darn it, it went right past, uh, Went right past Jake Allen. And then Ken Hitchcock has just got this look on his face. Like he's like, are you kidding me? Did that really just happen? Yeah, it was one nothing wild and you knew right there that this is it, baby. This is it. <laughs> we are we are ready to roll. Jake Allen apparently doesn't have this. He just doesn't. And we're going to win this game and we're going to advance. And that's basically what happened after that. Justin Fontaine nearly sliding the, net, the puck on net midway through the second period. Just slid the puck, basically. And it went right through Jake Allen's legs, and that was it. Just right through his legs. It was pretty kind of, it was kind of sad, kind of funny at the same time. <laughs> I believe I read uh, Mr. Um, Mr. Ken Hitchcock's lips. It seemed like he said something like, are you kidding me? It li- I believe that's what he said when I read his lips. Like, yeah, that's basically what happened. And then we were asking, are you kidding me? When the St. Louis Blues were kind of putting the puck on net, kind of a scrum, the puck comes loose and then bounces kind of at a weird angle to T.J. Oshie, who put I put it put on a pretty damn good shot. It it looked like there was some kind of lucky bounce, but that as you continue to watch, the puck went right to Oshie's stick. Scores with four seconds, in fact, less than four seconds remaining to make it two to one. And it's like okay, well, all right then. <laughs> as yes, Brian Elliott was in at this point. And he was doing a pretty good job. But then real early in that third period, Parisi buries another one as he's attacking the net. Not really much Jake Allen could do in this one. Just a wonderful overall combination. The top line doing what they do. Granlin to Pominville over to Parisi. Or actually, Pominville put the puck on net. What am I talking about? Pominville shot the puck. It bounced. Parisi finished it off. Not really a, a whole lot Elliot could do. I mean, he... It would have been nice if he was able to freeze it for for his sake and the Blues' sake, but he wasn't able to because it was a nice hard shot by Commonville. Parisi buries it. It's three to one. To me, I, I mean, we knew it. I knew it. You knew it. It was ball game, and the wild the wild were going to move on, and ultimately they did. As the Blues pounded Devin Dubnik, but nothing, and I mean nothing, was going in the rest of the way. Nino Niederreiter adds the empty net to make it four to one, and the Wild go on and wrap this thing up and. There it is. No. <laughs> there it is. The Wild ultimately win this series in six games. People talking about Ken Hitchcock, that it's time to go. Three consecutive first-round exits after some great wins for the St. Louis Blues. 
Ken Hitchcock is a really good goalie, though. Or a really good goalie. really good coach. See, now I'm getting all screwed up with these goalies because of uh, Mr. Because, <laughs> because I'm talking about Devin Dumnik and Jake Allen and Brian Elliott all over the place. Uh, boy, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad we have Devin Dubnik and not Brian Elliott, as much as I wanted Brian Elliott in the past, because I figured he would have been a really nice help for us when we didn't really have anybody. Ultimately, Dubnik, though, was a miracle uh, acquisition. As for Ken Hitchcock, I, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, is it the players with St. Louis? Is it the history that they just seem to can't seem to get out of it? It's kind of like a Minnesota Viking, almost like history, where they just cannot seem to get things going in the right direction. I remember 15 years ago when the Blues were just unbelievable back in the Al McGinnis days. Just an unbelievable team. Best record in the league by a mile. And they couldn't get out of the first round. They, they just could not get it done. And no one understood it. It was ridiculous. And it just continues to be that way for the St. Louis Blues. And luckily the Wild were the, uh, the most recent team to do, take care of business against them. Now we got to take care of business against a team that, we've, that we'll be, will be facing in the postseason for the third straight year. And that's the Chicago Blackhawks. Ultimately, again, what, what happens to Ken Hitchcock is uh, it's hard to say. I, I wish him the best, ultimately. But um, if he gets let go, he gets let go, I suppose. It, it's a tough situation. So, again, let's talk about the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm dragging this far too long. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. here on Brave the Wild. Segment number two, it's time to talk about a certain team we've been talking about the last, well, the last two years. This is the third year in a row. The Minnesota Wild will be facing the Chicago Blackhawks in round number two. Uh-huh. Yep, um, it's not necessarily a bad thing because if you're ever going to go all the way and win it all, you might want to, like, knock the bully out, right? It's time to knock the bully out, guys. It's time the Minnesota Wild did just that. Let's knock the bully out. The Chicago Blackhawks. Two years ago when the Minnesota Wild, pardon me, made their first playoff run or first playoff appearance in a while. Played the Chicago Blackhawks in the first round. The Wild snuck into the playoffs. And, the, the you know, this was a year that just the Blackhawks had, like, the best record in the league by a mile. They dispatched the Wild very easily in, in five games. It felt like four, but it was five. The first two games, the Wild didn't even show up hardly. In the third game, they didn't look good. We had... Uh, Baxter was injured. Harding was coming off of MS, doing everything he could to survive out there. Uh, that's just kind of was the situation. Koivu was invisible, was terrible. Mike Yo was looked as one of the worst coaches in all of hockey. Corey Crawford looked like... Uh, he went from a goalie who was beatable to like the next Ken Dryden, at least for one year. <laughs> uh, it's like Scotty Bowman's magic had has hit the Blackhawks, and they again had the best record in basketball, coasted to the best, hottest start in NHL history. Yeah, and the Blackhawks went on and beat the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup Finals after they dispatched us and moved very quickly through the Western Conference. It was just a complete mismatch in the first round. It was a joke. A lot of people thought Mike Yo wasn't going to last much younger, much longer, but they stuck with him. They said, yeah, he's coming back for a third season. Like it or not, he's coming back. So, okay, he comes back for a third season. The Wild uh, go through their struggles again, but then look stronger leading into the next season. Yet at the same time, we have to have a goalie by the name of Bela Brisgolov. Uh, 
get things going. After Kemper had concussion issues, the Wild again do survive against the Blackhawks last year, as we know. Nino Niederreiter scores in the seventh uh, seventh game, scores the overtime goal off the post, all that good stuff. And the Wild played the Blackhawks again in the second round. Oh, goody. And it was like, yeah, oh, goody. The first two games, Brzezgalov looked like an average goalie, but that's basically what he is. A guy who was pretty good in the past, who helped the Anaheim Ducks win the Stanley Cup back in 07. An aging goalie who was limited in his range. That's a problem. I guess the team with as much skill as these freaking cocky Chicago Blackhawks like Patrick Kane and, and others. Some of them are cocky. Some of them are, are humble. I would say Jonathan Taves is humble. Patrick Kane's a little more on the cocky side. Just just, just a little bit. Brandon Sod's on the cocky side and he's obnoxious. I'd say he's the Steve Ott of this series as I continue to yeah, get ahead of myself. Um, but... The Wild again looked overmatched in the first two games. Then they looked like they were the better team along the way, tying the series back up two to two. It was two to two. It's like here we go. We're going to do what we did to, to, to Colorado. The Wild lose Game Five just like they did to Colorado. But oh boy, we're going to take care of some business here in Game Six. Goes to overtime, and then Stanchion Gate takes over. Luckiest goal ever by Patrick Kane. Showtime, season over. They're like, wow, we dodged a bullet. We survived the wild. That's fantastic. And then they went on to lose to the LA Kings, who, with Marion Gabrick in tow and Jonathan Quick and all that, won the Stanley Cup. Congratulations to the Kings, who luckily are not in the playoffs this year because that's a scary thing. <laughs> um, but the wild came awfully close to beating the Blackhawks last year and it left a sour taste in their mouth. They have a lot of talent and it's annoying looking at them just because it's like, you know, we're tired of. Everybody thinking how great they are and, oh, they're going to beat the Wild again and all that good stuff. But here we are this time. This time we have a goalie who is unbelievably good and had great success against the Chicago Blackhawks this year. Who looked awesome against the Wild before Devin Dubnik took the net. Quite an emotional battle between these two teams ultimately throughout the season. But Devin Dubnik and the Wild beat the Blackhawks twice during the course of the season, and the two times they, they met with Dubnik before that, the Blackhawks got the job done, and, well, more power to them, I suppose. But ultimately, here we are. Minnesota, Chicago, again. Patrick Kane was out the two games we beat them, in all fairness, with a similar injury to Jason Zucker. Well, both of them might be the two most talented goal scorers on the roster for each team, ultimately Jason Zucker and Mr. Patrick Kane with collarbone injuries during the season. They're back, they're healthy, Oh, and Devin Dubnik, or not Devin Dubnik, but Patrick Kane scoring last night against those Ottawa Senators in the sixth game. Ottawa, what am I talking about? I'm going crazy because the Ottawa Senators are flashing on the screen, but the uh, the National Predators, pardon me. I'm going crazy. A crazy series, ultimately. A series that scared me a little bit the way it finished, and I'll get into that right now. I will elaborate. Well, <laughs> Corey Crawford looks like crap. Look at this. Three goals in a row by <laughs> Nashville. Ready to rock and roll. Corey Crawford pulled. Who's this darling guy? Well, gosh darn it. The Blackhawks came back and won the first game in overtime and multiple overtimes. Yay. Doesn't that suck? But then they put Corey Crawford back in. Boy, he really sucks. Nashville scoring six goals. Ha <laughs> ha. There we go. Series tied up. But then Darling is fantastic. And when they put him in, they win two games, make it three games to one. And then Nashville... Starts to solve Darling a little bit in the fifth game. They force game number six. Darling looks awful. The Predators take a three three to one lead in the game. Or was it three nothing? No, three to one lead in the game. Ultimately, just like the Wild did tonight. <laughs> or today, today, not tonight, against the Blues. Three to one lead. Nashville's gonna go to game seven. They're gonna go back home and they're gonna beat the Blackhawks in the seventh game, and the Wild are gonna get a wonderful matchup of their dreams. But again, Darling was yanked after that third goal because it was extremely soft. And Corey Crawford didn't lay in a single goal the rest of the way. And the Blackhawks <clears throat> kind of like started to take over the game. And Yeah, and Patrick Kane scored, his, scored the go-ahead goal. And he did his showtime and all that good stuff. And, uh, well, Corey Crawford didn't give up a single goal when he came back. So all this six goals and three goals and, and like the first period, all that stuff... It, well, it just wasn't the same this time around. And Patrick Kane was scoring, and and, and and Sharp, and all these guys, and or Duncan Keith, pardon me, rocketing it on go on net as the Blackhawks constantly pressured Rene Patrick Rene. 
they just the Nets, the Predators could not get the puck out of the zone for their life, and the Blackhawks were on the attack like no tomorrow. And remember what people always said about the Blackhawks when they're in an elimination situation? They get the job done most of the time, and, and they did. Luckily, the Wild did that today. Killer instinct. That's the difference, and that's why I say these guys are serious. That's what's different, ultimately, about the Minnesota Wild this year versus especially the last two years. The first year, uh, unbelievably different, but even last year, as good as the Wild were, they never even got in a position to have killer instinct other than that seventh game where they got it done by the skin of their teeth. The Blackhawks had the killer instinct to knock the Wild out in the sixth game on our home ice last season. This time around, the Wild knocked the Blues out in the sixth game on our home ice. Killer instinct, baby. Only one and done. We didn't have to go to the seventh game. We got it done in the first opportunity to eliminate a team, and they did it. Now the Minnesota Wild face the Chicago Blackhawks with a much different situation. Zach Parisi's playing better than he was last year. Parisi was kind of invisible last year in the playoffs. In fact, he was good. He had a really good game six last year. Kirby Puckett style, sending it to Game 7. We'll see you tomorrow night. But unfortunately, it was the first round, not the Stanley Cup Finals, when we when we will see you tomorrow night. And in hockey, Game 6 and 7 aren't at home, just Game 6. If you're, you know, <laughs> if you're the underdog, you get Game 6 at home, but not Game 7. <laughs> Whereas in baseball, you get, uh, if you're the favorite, you get 6 and 7. Or if you're the, you just have home ice or home field, whatever. Home field in baseball. But who cares? I'm bouncing all over the place. Ultimately, um... Parisi's playing way better. He's playing with an unbelievable amount of passion, and he's just he's just getting it done. He, he's, he's on a mission more than ever. You can just imagine the hunger of that guy and, uh, and the things he's gone through and what's on his mind and such, along with Ryan Suter. Um, you have Nito Niederreiter playing very well, again, like he did last year. You have Granlin, more experienced, playing probably... I mean, he played unbelievably well last year, but he's showing it again this year. Not necessarily scoring goals, but he's setting up plays and he's making wonderful defensive plays. In fact, late in the game, when uh, Devin Dubnik almost, uh, <laughs> when Devin Dubnik was getting peppered on the net, it was just going to be a sure goal for Stansny, but ultimately Granlin knocked the puck away at, at the last minute. He swept the swept the puck away, and that was fantastic. He looks really good. But you also have, a, you know, again, you have Devin Dubnik, not Ilya Brzezgalov, who was aging and had poor range. Darcy Kemper, well, he's got a year under his belt. i got to think he's got to be really, like, playing for, he, I mean, he'll be, if he does have to go in, I think he'll be good because he won't really have, he'll be loose. He won't have a whole lot on his mind like he did possibly last year. Or if he was in that all season, he would have felt pressure. I'm sure there's going to be enough pressure, like, hey, it's a playoff game and we need to win. But it won't be as much pressure. He'll be coming in fresh, ready to roll. Uh, but uh, ultimately, if he doesn't have to come in and Devin Dubnik is fantastic, well, bombs away. The Wild are going all the way, baby. And that's exactly what I do think will happen if Devin Dubnik continues to play to the level that he did play in Games 5, Game 6, and Game 3, and even Game 1. He was he was really good. Not as good as, as, the, as, the, as the last three wins, but he was good enough in Game 1, ultimately. But aside of the goalies, uh, obviously Koivu's had a better playoffs. He's not been fantastic, but he's been better than than, in the, than he has in the past. Mike Yo's got even another year under his belt, and he looks like he's one of the best coaches in the NHL now. And that's really cool, because everybody's saying he easily outcoached Ken Hitchcock, who, again, has a ring with the Dallas Stars. Everywhere Ken Hitchcock has gone, the team got better when he was there. The team competed like the Philadelphia uh, Flyers in the time he was there. The only team that didn't do all too much, though they did make one playoff appearance, uh, was the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. But we'll move on from that. <clears throat> Back to the Blackhawks. Oh, boy. Two Stanley Cups in a... <laughs> two Stanley Cups in a, in a, in a three-year span. Not, not the most fun thing in the world for myself. But it is what it is. But again... Last year, on defense, you had Nate Prosser. You had guys like that. You had, uh, you kind of had like the, <laughs> I mean, with the, with the fifth and sixth guys, it didn't look so hot. Clayton Stoner looked good, and he ultimately was a loss for the Wild in the offseason. But the Wild acquired Jordan Leopold, who's been way better than we could ever imagine. 
he, he brings such an intelligence to the game, and he's playing so well, and ultimately, I hope the Wild re-sign him to like a two-year, three-year deal where he could finish out his career and play some wonderful hockey and maybe size up a ring maybe as soon as this year. But you also have Devin, or Devin, what is going on? <laughs> Matt Dumba. Matt Dumba, who's been, who's unbelievable, showing unbelievable talent out there. His skating is just off the charts. He's so fast. He's got the rocket shot. And his defense and his defense his defense and his mental game continue to improve. And that's awesome. And that's your fifth and sixth defenseman. Scandella's having Scandella's become one of the best defensemen on the team. He's probably he's way up there. Spurgeon is really good. He's he's even you know, he's he's better than last year. He's been unbelievable all year and he's been getting better every single year. Rodine is way better than last year, way beyond last year's sophomore slump. He's looking like an all-star defenseman, and Ryan Suter is Ryan Suter. He's one of the best defensemen in the NHL, though. Even though you could argue Brodine as an overall defenseman might be better, it's just that Suter's off his passing and is getting the puck on net and all that good stuff. He, he's one of the elite defensemen in the NHL. Ultimately, you got all that again. The goalie, Pominville's not scoring. At a great clip, but he's he's doing okay in the playoffs. Though he's got two goals, even though he had a fairly quiet regular season, and he does get assists. He always does. You get all these factors, and the fact that the uh, until until game six, it looked like Chicago might have a serious goalie problem. Ultimately, if Corey Crawford is giving up like six goals and and three goals in, in limited time, you got to think the Wild are going to beat the Chicago Blackhawks. The hope is that Corey Crawford didn't write the ship for himself and that the Wild are going to roll and win this thing in five or six games. I think ultimately the Wild can and will win this series in six games. I think it's going to be actually quite similar in a lot of ways to the St. Louis series. Though maybe um, some hmm, some better moments. I, I think Chicago is going to be, as much as I like Ken Hitchcock, I think Chicago is going to be better coached. I think they, uh, well, they've gotten it done. They've won two Stanley Cups. And then you got you have Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, all these it's like one name after another. Another thing you got to factor in as well is last year that I didn't bring up even. It's just because there's one thing after another where the another area of the Wild are better. Brandon Saad, as he was always chirping and chirping and chirping, and guys like Nate Prosser and Clayton Stoner were responding to the chirping, and they were drawing. I mean, <laughs> Brandon Saad was drawing penalties on the Wild because we were buying into it. Right now, the way Steve Ott and, and others like Bacchus and such trying to goat the Wild into fights, into stupid penalties, cross-checks, this and that, it accomplished absolutely nothing for the Blues, and the Wild just stood there and laughed. It looks like uh, this time around, I think the Wild will do the same to the Brandon Saz and others with the Chicago Blackhawks, Brian Pickles and, other, and, and others. That's a guy, another guy I fear because he always scores against us. But ultimately... The Wild are different in so many ways, and the Blackhawks at this stage, up until the sixth game, did not look like the same team they've been the past few years. I think the Wild can and will defeat the Chicago Blackhawks in six games. For the first time in my life, I am picking, picking the Minnesota Wild to defeat the Chicago Blackhawks in a series. I'm not a homer at all. I thought the Blackhawks were going to win in five games over the Wild, and they won in five games. Uh, two years ago last year. I thought the Blackhawks would win it in six or seven. They won it in six. Even though I, I, mean, I desperately wanted the Wild to win. I might have picked the Wild in seven. I don't even remember. But right now, I think the Wild can win this thing in six. And I, that's where I think this is headed. If it goes to seven, the Wild can win it. And, the, and, and history's proven that. Let's just hope it continues. Which would put the Wild in the Western Conference Finals probably against the Anaheim Ducks, maybe someone else. But We'll do a very brief roundup with the playoffs as this show is dragging a little longer because of my excitement and all the stuff there is to say. I, I do think it's going to be eerily similar, though. I think the Wild come home after the first two games with a split. I think they leave with another split, and they win the fifth game and win the sixth. It's going to be something like that. It's going to be something like that. Maybe the Wild win. The, maybe the Wild go up three games to one. That could be what could happen as well, and then they lose game five. And win game six, but I'm going to go with a pretty much the same exact setup that I went with last series. And maybe I'll get lucky, or maybe they'll just do it ultimately if it's luck, or they just go out and do it. But I, I think it's going to be something along those lines. Ultimately, I'll preview the first two games 
very briefly here. I think the Wild go in and win the opener. I think they win the first game. Ultimately, it's going to be a split regardless if they win the first game or not. But I do think the Wild win a first game. Win the first game. I think they send a message to the Chicago Blackhawks. We're talking a three to one type of battle for the Wild, and then maybe a four to three win for the Blackhawks in the second game, or four to two, something like that. Empty net, or maybe I don't know. I three to two, maybe some something like that. Uh, the Blackhawks have enough scores that they may get a decent number. It'll appear like they've like they're getting something going on Dubnik. But ultimately, I mean, maybe it's a 4-2 to two game, 3-1 to one game in favor of the Blackhawks in the second one. But again, the Wild will come back and regain control of the series when they come back home to the XL Energy Center. I think the Wild's home ice advantage against the Blackhawks is going to be a huge factor. Uh, I do think the Wild are going to take a three games to one lead. That's what I'm going to go with. They're going to win four, uh, three and four, and then game five will go to Chicago, and Minnesota wins in six. Yeah, ultimately, that is my early prediction. But uh, that's where I'm going to go with that. So I'll briefly round round things up here, and I'll check on Twitter to get to your comments as well out there. In the other series, Anaheim and Winnipeg played very close in multiple games. They went to overtime, this and that. But ultimately, the Winnipeg Jets, or the Anaheim Ducks, pardon me, won every single game, 4-0, to zero, regardless who was in Winnipeg. I thought the Jets would pull off at least one of those, if not both, and make that series go into 7 or 6. But... Anaheim just wrapped it up. Calgary, I did pick to win the series, and they did. And I actually picked the Calgary Flames to win the series in six, and they did. They even went up three games to one at one point. But Vancouver kind of took, <coughs> pardon me, took care of things on their home ice. But then the Calgary Flames did exactly what the Wild did today, in a, in a sense. They took care of business over the Vancouver Canucks. Maybe it turned out a little differently because the Canucks had a 3 nothing lead in the game. Yeah, <laughs> they were beating Kari Ramo with some some kind of some lucky shots, and at the same time, just it just wasn't going so well. And then the Flames just took over and won that game by a, a seven to four. Actually, I don't even know what happened. It got to be really messy ultimately. Over in Ottawa, Craig Anderson took over when they. Well, Craig Anderson took over after Andrew Hammond was not good in the first two games. It was really just disappointing, sad, seeing him give up four or five goals and such. It was kind of strange and, and disappointing. Craig Anderson was unbelievable. Still couldn't win Game 3, and I think that was the dagger for the Ottawa Senators, who did come back and win later as the Senators won the fifth, the fourth game, shut out, forcing it to a fifth game at least. They won that one as well. And then couldn't take care of business at home and force it to a seventh game. And the Canucks, or Canucks, the uh, Canadians go on to win the game. And there it is. Carey Price, P.K. Supon, and others are moving on to the second round, which will feature, will where they will host the winner of the Tampa Bay Lightning Detroit Red Wings series, which has gone all over the place. Definitely a roller coaster. There are two series remaining in the Eastern Conference. Again, Detroit's one of them. Pittsburgh was quickly dispatched by New York. That's basically all i got to say. Four games to one in favor of the New York Rangers. Really nothing else for me to talk about in that one. New York just outclassed them and they won the game and they won the series. Tampa Bay Lightning and Detroit, it's been all over the place. Like whenever one of them wins, they kick the other team's butt and that's pretty much what it's been. And right now Detroit is up three games to two and they host the sixth game, which in a lot of ways, heavily favors the Detroit Red Wings at this stage, but if they can't pull that off, they will not win the seventh game. Tampa Bay has been fantastic at home most of the time, but not all the time. <laughs> Detroit will win the series, though, probably in six, is my is my guess at this point. That's tomorrow night on Monday. And Washington and New York Islanders. I picked the Islanders to win that in six. Well, they had to force it to game seven. They won the sixth game, but they had to force it to a seventh, unfortunately, because they allowed the Capitals to take a three games to two lead. They just could not get it done. Capitals will host that game. That sucks, but I do think the Islanders pulled that one out because I don't trust the Washington Capitals. I think they're the St. Louis Blues of the Eastern Conference, ultimately. Though even though you could say Montreal is that, but eh, not this year, unfortunately. I think the Islanders win that series, and that's where I'm standing at this point. Minnesota-Chicago in the second round. I picked the Wild at six. Anaheim and Calgary in the second round on the other side. I'm going to go with the I'm going to go with the Calgary Flames. I think they can win. I think they're going to win that in six. I think the Flames win the series in six. I kind of hope they do at the same time, but they're kind of on a mission. 
they're kind of on a mission, and boy, that would be a wonderful scenario for the Wild because we would have home. Uh, well, I don't know. We'll we'll get there when we get there. But I think the Wild could beat the Flames in a series against Anaheim. It would be scary. Calgary is on a mission, and they look really, really good. So I'm going to pick them in six. I'm sure like 99% of you out there are picking Anaheim, and I don't blame a soul that would do that. In the Eastern Conference right now, well, they're undecided at this point because of how things are headed. I think Montreal would probably beat Detroit, but I don't know. Maybe Detroit is actually on their way to the the East Finals. In fact, actually, (laughs) you know, I'm actually going to pick Detroit to go to the East Finals, and they haven't even won their series yet, but that's what I have a feeling might happen against the New York Rangers. Detroit and New York in the East Finals. Minnesota and Calgary in the West. Those are my early predictions. I'm just throwing them on the wall, so bear with me (laughs) as I talk like that. Now, I'm going to try to slide over to Twitter very briefly here. At Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild. Give me a follow on there. And yes, do add me, uh, do like Brave the Wild on Facebook. Look up in the Facebook search bar, Brave the Wild, Minnesota Wild Show. Brave the Wild, Minnesota Wild Show. Click on the one that says company, not group. Company, not group. So again, at Brave the Wild. Some back and forth on here. This might be a lot. So I'll probably try to kind of cut into it, though. I like to get to a lot of stuff, but I can't get to everything. And, of course, a lot of favorites and retreats because there's a lot of emotion out there. Um, Shane Palmer. Shane Shane Palmquist, I believe, at Shane Palmquist, was uh, at first saying a memory that speaks the truth, never knew they existed until today. I thought he meant <laughs> I thought he meant my show because he was messaging me or mentioning me. I thought he meant, oh, I never knew that Brave the Wild, like the podcast existed. So I asked him and he said, oh, no. But then he, he's going to check it out anyway. So that was cool. I forget how he, where was it? Where did he actually, oh, yeah, he said, no, didn't know of one, but I concur. That <laughs> we were talking about something else. Yeah, I was pissed off about the, yeah, that that was during that game four when everything was going crappy. Dave Paul, uh, Shane Palmer saying, I'll start listening, though, and I do appreciate it. Ultimately, let's see. He has something about, has, any, has anyone ever seen Don Vito and the coach of the St. Louis Blues at the same ways at the same time? And <laughs> it's funny and everything, but as, yeah, I wasn't in the mood at the time. So I apologize if I seemed a little cranky. When you're, when you're getting your ass kicked at home and it looks like we're in big trouble, I wasn't enjoying it at all. I really wasn't, and I was saying this is a really bad. Uh, this is this is a really bad sign. I was saying, and Shane continues saying Dubnik has had one bad game since January. <laughs> if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be there in the playoffs. And ultimately, yeah, that's the thing. I understand that part. It's just that if he can't do it, no one can. We're screwed. That's that was my that was 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 my thought process there. Not like Dubnik sucks; he's killing us. I had nothing to do with that. Um, yeah, we're not going to win the game, but 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 it doesn't mean we're not going to win the series. He was saying, <laughs> and it wouldn't be a wild series if it didn't go to seven. I understand that, indeed. Tom Hohen was saying, "Yep, that Craig Leopold wanted one more gate in the first round, so a game six was needed." Totally understandable. Hashtag dollars. Well, regardless if that's what he wanted or not, Tom, he got it. And Tom actually works at the Ice Energy Center, which is kind of cool. Not sure if he's actually listening. I hope so. Beth Jackman Pollock, who often uh, favorites and, re- and retweets, so nice, uh, uh, like a really nice person, really uh, passionate Wild fan, very cool. She says uh, she agrees that it was an awful game. Hopefully our team is as effective, uh, has effective analysis adjustments as the Blues. We were just gobsmacked. Breakdown, shit happened. <laughs> More on the more on that thought, because I was saying, what was I saying? I really hope we write the ship because a game like this is pretty scary historically. And she's like, basically, she's like, what do you mean? So yeah, I was like, when a goalie gets beaten this badly, it could be big trouble. I've seen it happen a million times. Beth's continuing saying, yeah, and it's at Beth J Pollock, P P A L I K, if you wish to follow her. Uh, she says, a worry for sure. My lowest, my lowest though was December. Our goose was cooked. This has been gravy, and Dube gave us this shot. See, I do agree with that. It's just, yeah, and he did have one other bad game against Detroit, by the way, in uh, back in uh, uh, back in January. Yes, um, and ultimately, too, 
Do you notice the two teams that I have in the Eastern Conference Finals, and it's scaring the crap out of me? Do you remember the two teams that beat us recently with Dubnik in that? Yeah, Detroit. Detroit and New York, Islander, or Rangers. So, yeah, if we do get to the Finals, going to have to play better than we did in the regular season against them. <laughs> and So I am a little, a little bit concerned about that, and those teams scare the crap out of me. Let's continue. Uh, Palmer. At Shane Palmquist again was asking, uh, he says, is the podcast intro Blades of Steel or Ice Hockey? Now, Blades of Steel and Ice Hockey, I use those usually coming out of the break after the first segment into the second. Usually, lately, I've been using Blades of Steel, but sometimes I use Ice Hockey. These are, of course, from the NES. And um, the intro song is Airman from Mega Man 2, like the Airman stage from Mega Man 2 way back in 1989, you know, yeah. I'm not a young guy. I'm 35. I'm going to be turning 36 this year. So, for those of you wondering how old I am, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a veteran. I'm not ancient. I'm not, but I'm not super young either. Um, Shane Palmquist, yeah, I was asking him like, how was the show? How did you show? The, how did you think of the show? Did you like it and all that good stuff? And he didn't respond right away. He thought he did, and I was like, oh, I guess, I guess that's a no. <laughs> I was kind of teasing him, and he said, woo. So he's like, or no, whoa, that's not me, man. Sorry, I thought I hit you back. Good listen, man. I listened to Sundays. Keep it going. Game five. Yep. And th- yep. Thank you very much. Hope you're listening now. And a shout out to you right there. Shout out to you. Thank you very much for your listenership. And any out there that want to help the show, if you do like the show and you follow on Twitter, when I post the show out there, because you will see it at some time if you just check out the Twitter at Brave the Wild. Retweet it for me if you could, so other people can check it out. Maybe your friends can check it out. That would be cool. At Vinrock44, Vince Germano, <laughs> who's a co-host of the Courtside Podcast. That's a basketball show. And, of course, <clears throat> me and him do a show about the Minnesota Timberwolves and at Los Angeles Lakers as well. Just a great guy from Australia. And he was saying, uh, if we win, are we going to the finals? Well, this is just the first round, but ultimately, that was the... That was the thought process of a lot of people that the winner of Minnesota versus St. Louis is ultimately going to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, you know, if that prediction is true, the Minnesota Wild are going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, and that's a pretty cool thought. It really is, but unfortunately you got the Blackhawks and possibly the Anaheim Mighty Ducks or even Calgary Flames blocking that way for the time being. So, it, you know, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little while yet. Only 12 more games we got to win to get there, but... <laughs> God, I hope so. God, I hope so. Thank you guys so much again for your listenership. It's been about an hour, so this worked out great, actually. I try to keep the show to about an hour. It's slightly over, but again, lots and lots to talk about, lots of emotion. I think I bounced around a little bit crazy tonight. I hope the show didn't suck, <laughs> and I do apologize if it did. Just a little bit hyper, a little bit crazy, a little bit something. Uh, and obviously a bit beat up from working my ass off all week, about 70 hours of work between two jobs because of doing lawn cleanups of late, but still managed to get this show out. I didn't get Timberwolves Explosion out right now. I'll get that out later because they didn't. They aren't playing right now and I'm letting those playoffs kind of catch up to things. But right now, much more excited about the Minnesota Wild than about the NBA playoffs for the time being, even though I will continue to watch both because I love sports and I love basketball and hockey. But uh, ultimately, oh boy, I love this team. I love this. I love this show. I love all of you that listen to this show, and thank you very much for those of you that do support it. Again, retweet it if you could on on uh, Twitter, if if you're able to, if you're so kind to do that. And another way that would really help the show: give Brave the Wild a positive rating on iTunes if you could. Anywhere from three to four to five stars. Mention what you like about the show. Maybe even say what you know what could be better. You're more than welcome to do that. Giving the star one or two, giving this show, see there I go getting crazy again. Giving this show one or two stars, you're nuts. This show is not that bad. One or two stars is means it's garbage, and this is not a garbage show. I know my hockey. <laughs> I you know I. I know what I'm talking about. I'm extremely experienced. I've been watching NHL hockey since the late '80s, early '90s. It's that's been a while, guys. I could have gone further back, but I didn't jump into sports until I was about 10 years old. So, unfortunately, and that sucks. Originally with the 87 Minnesota Twins, but yeah. <laughs> I always kind of liked hockey more than basketball. Uh, uh, I ultimately liked hockey more than baseball. 
and I even liked it more than basketball for the longest time. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've always loved hockey so very much, and I'm so proud of this show. Minnesota Wild are my favorite team in the whole planet, and I hope they continue to get their job get get the job done in advance past the Chicago Blackhawks. And bombs away. Could it be the magical season ultimately? Well, we got to win 12 more times to get there. So let's get there when we do. Until then, everybody enjoy this wonderful weather. And boy, <laughs> the next time we, I talk on here, the long cleanup should be done and I'll be doing two jobs that it won't be quite as awful. So hopefully my mental <laughs> strength right now. I'm kind of Kemper-like. I need to get back to Dubnik-ish like I was earlier. I'm a little bit more Kemper. Like I'm generally good, but once in a while I get a little blah, 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 blah because I'm kind of tired and crazy right now. So gotta keep you, gotta keep this show coming during this postseason. Go wild, rock and roll, beat the Blackhawks. We'll be back next week.